keep on kissing babies and hugging fat girls. Out full of suffering, suck attached, son. It's me, Austin. Oh, son of a bitch. What? It's me, Austin. It was me all along, Austin. And your teeth look like two tight too, Billy. And you book a match with me. That's right, Killings. Look at me. I'm a total package. I will rip him apart. I'm pissed now. Where to, Stephanie? <laughs> Wrestle Roasts on ad-free shows and ATC. Welcome everybody to Wrestle Roasts and the Roasts of Mark Henry. I'm here with the gang, Mike, Robert, Scott, Zach Million. Ukraine is on fire and Cesaro is out. Big news, everybody. Um, crazy news day. Uh, how's everybody doing? I'm good. I, ju- I just found out that Switzerland isn't in Ukraine, so <laughs> there we go. One, the only good thing to come from this. Uh, well, that's not true. There's also the "Do you really want? Do you really want to tweet this?" from John Cena. Oh <laughs> man! Hey, come uh, on! That's my high spot. Don't oh, sorry. This. We'll save it. We'll save it for later. Pretend. What the tweet is your high spot? Oh my <laughs> gosh! Yes. It oh, is the, this man, is what it's, it's like you that guy. get when you enjoy Peacemaker. <laughs> <laughs> it has everything to do with it, Mike. Shut up. Let me enjoy this. Let me let me say. superhero at the moment. And you're walking. How many T-shirts did you order? <laughs> I'm pretty sure he tweets and fucks with the helmet on. Like he hashtag uh, Peacemaker. Did too. Look, to what? any of our uh, fans who are Ukrainian or you have Ukrainian families, uh, you know, we're thinking about you, prayers for you. This for sure, is for obviously sure. an absolutely we, awful situation. We will be doing a roast of Vladimir Kozlov with all proceeds going to Ukraine charities. Maybe we should just do Putin as a Patreon. But but speaking yeah. of Patreon, we got a Fuck lot Putin of... It's very sad and hopefully uh, it resolves soon. It's weird because we had Putin booked for next week. He was going to roast... Um, Damian Misdale, but dude, he's got some really uh, deep thoughts on uh, Danny Garcia. All right, well, we'll get to Danny Garcia. That was a good match, by the way, Mike. I don't care what you say. Uh, let, let's let's get to this show. Patreon, uh, we're doing the longest yard this uh, Saturday. Well, it will come out for you guys Monday. Then we're doing the uh, the pat- our next Patreon roast is the roast of Jimmy Snuka. We're going to be talking about Lucha Underground, the first three episodes. All three are on Tubi, home of QT Marshall's The Wrestler. We're going to do a WrestleMania 3 watch-along, and then we're going to have the uh, roast of Brock Lesnar for Patreon uh, WrestleMania month. But, guys, probably the biggest announcement that I can make is on April 1st, April Fool's Day, night of the SmackDown and Undertaker Hall of Fame induction, we will be doing our first live Zoom show. We are figuring out the details uh but most likely it'll be one of these things that you pay beforehand like an hour and you know like we stop it at like an hour beforehand and then we just let you guys in uh we've been looking at other companies and stuff to do it but we want to take 
the money. We don't want to give it up. So this is probably, we're just going to try it. We're going to see how it goes. See how many people are into it. This is also Dan explaining uh, uh, this to us as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, Facebook, uh, I posted on Facebook what, what kind of things you guys would want to see from a live Zoom show. Just uh, just post in there. Let us know. As far as uh, pods next month on the regular show, we got Drew McIntyre, Chris Jericho. Then the month after that, we got Roman Reigns and Becky Lynch. Uh, something of sports entertainment. I just did Raw with Robert this week. Next week, we're going to be doing um, the next SmackDown in our vintage SmackDown series. Uh, so that's going to be The Rock and McFoley versus Big Show and Taker as the uh, as the main event. So that'll be out hopefully early next week or something. Uh, we got a lot of fun. Yes, that that Chris Jericho lost weight in anticipation of our roast. Uh, I think so too, but you He's know, looking good last a, night, man. Still has a weird ET yeah, body. But, uh, yeah, and uh, we're gonna be setting up also like a thing that you can donate for one-time donations. Our shirts are on Pro Wrestling Tees. Join our Twitter, or Instagram, our Facebook group. But it's time for the main events. <laughs> the roast of Mark Henry. First, we're gonna get to the bright side. I'll start it off by saying that his fake retirement speech is one of my favorite wrestling segments of all time. It is one of like, I think it's better than him in a lot of ways in his career, but I think how he did it was amazing. And it, it, it was just a perfect segment front to back. Like I send that sometimes over the, the punk pipe bomb thing to other people and here's why because with the mark henry one you can be you don't have to be a fan of wrestling to get why it's great and cm punk you kind of have to be a fan of wrestling to get why it's great uh yeah i I love that i love the hall of pain um sexual chocolate was a fun attitude era gimmick his kayfabe and not so kayfabe accomplishments team captain of uh, the u.s olympic team the Arnold Strongman Classic winner. He was in the International Sports Hall of Fame, the first man in history to push press the Thomas Inch Dumbbell. He's also an ECW champ, a world heavyweight champ, a European champ in the WWE Hall of Fame, and the PWI Most Improved Wrestler of 2011. Mike, what do you think about uh, the bright side of Mark Henry? Yeah, he's, he's cool, man. I've always been a fan. Um I, I remember when I first got the SmackDown game, I think for PS1, I went through story mode as Mark Henry. There you go. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I mean, uh, he's, yeah, he's awesome. Like, I mean, the story is crazy. The, a 10-year contract, like the most paid at that time. Um, you know, I, I'm sure Vince did that right as he told Brett, I don't have the money for you to stay. <laughs> <laughs> Because yeah, there was an overlap there, right? Um, yeah, there, I, well, one's 96, one's 97. I did a funny joke. Um, but I, I think, like, yeah, the Hall of Pain was awesome. Like, that that was the thing in, in 2011 when a lot of Laps fans were coming back because of Punk and getting excited. They're like, shit, that guy's good now? <laughs> <laughs> and he was really good. Um he seems like I've never met him in person, but from all accounts, I know people who are friends with him, and they say he's a really nice guy. Seems really passionate. George about Bush, business. huh? George Bush. 
What <laughs> podcast are you listening to, Scott? George Bush is his friend. He said he said he knows friends of his. Oh, George Bush is okay. Mark Henry's friend. You don't know this? I, I remember, and I'll say you know this, he man, hates like, Michael Jordan. He bitched about, I guess, which is kind of a funny story. It was like 96 <laughs> Olympics. Like all these Olympians were there, and Mark Henry was like, yeah, I just found Michael Jordan to be disrespectful because that dream team came in and like that was all anybody talked about that summer. Oh, yeah. And all the other guys who are like making $50 talking to a high school are like, fuck <laughs> this shit. Well, you know, yeah, he's like, like um, he's like somehow friends with George W. Bush. And one time he approached him at a gym uh, and, and the Secret Service like went to go take him down. They thought he was a man attacking George W. Bush. And then they like hugged each other, you know. <laughs> It's like a classic story. That's a classic Mark Henry story. Yeah. But um, but I was gonna say I didn't like, know that. That's awesome. Oh yeah. He, you know, I, I think Pritchard talks about this. The airport test. Like, if a wrestler can walk through an airport and look like a star. And I used to work at the airport and, uh, like at LaGuardia. So you'd see the wrestler sometimes, and I saw him at like six in the morning, like dead tired, and he was still friendly, like. Because the people that are bugging you at six in the morning at the airport think wrestling is real. They yeah, are real fans. They're the markiest marks. You know, the guy's just like trying to order a muffin or whatever. And it's just like, man, you're so strong. You, you're you going to beat the Undertaker. You know, and he's like, thanks. <laughs> he was like, but, it, but, but when you see him in person, man, the guy looks fucking like legit, like, like just a massive dude and you can see like i heard like jim ross say he dumped a basketball and that's what vince saw and was like oh fuck <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing a guy that size to yeah that no high. seriously yeah. so yeah man he i think wrestling is better because of mark henry um now yeah, robert man. tell me why i shouldn't like him in person <laughs> no, mark, mark henry is he's an absolute sweetheart uh Yay! he's a super nice guy he, he's the happiest person for, for what happened to him. Um, you know, he got signed to that 10 year contract because the build up to that 96 Olympics, he was one of the biggest stars that there was at, at the time. You know, this was they, they would pick certain Olympians and they would make them the, the focus for like six months to get people excited about wanting to tune in to watch the Olympics and all these human interest stories. And he was the heavy favorite. And then unfortunately he hurt himself at the Olympics and didn't perform well, but WWE thought they had locked this guy down because he was charismatic. They had him do talk shows and he was able to, to speak and, and have this warm presence about him. There was the, the basketball dunking story, which is, which is true, which I had heard. And, he put up with a lot of ridiculous creative and he would make it work. The fact that he was legitimately the world's strongest man. And then they're like, we're going to make you sexual chocolate. Okay. We're going to make you well, a mean, sex ad. We're going to make you. Technically he wasn't, but keep going. He was pretty strong. <laughs> <laughs> he, technically, he, he transformed into sexual chocolate. Hold on. Let me, like... let me lawyer the shit out of this for a second. He actually <laughs> hold, he, you know, he broke the record and was the world's strongest man. Not because yeah. he didn't, he didn't at the Olympics, but at the world's strongman competitions, like, he lifted more than any other human being on the planet. That's where they got it. This isn't like super official records here. But, no, he uh, 2002, he right? The Arnold, the Arnold he classic. The, no, he won the Arnold. Yeah. yeah. Well, he won the Arnold after, but he he placed in a whole bunch of things. But the fact is, is I remember when when I was there, I know that uh, Alex Greenfield, who was one of the writers, was a huge proponent of Mark Henry and didn't see him as the the jokey guy. And he's like, this guy is 
an absolute monster. He's a killer. It's why he went up against Taker at Mania 22. And the and unfortunately, bright they just side, kinda, bright side. I, I, I am getting to the bright side. I said uh, he but he stuck with what that was going to be. And that when it came time for 2011, it's why he won most improved wrestler 2011 when he started in 96. The guy never stopped trying to get better. He never stopped trying to improve his character, his in-ring work. And when he was in ECW, he was he was a really convincing champion. When he was world heavyweight champion, he was great in that role. And the dude never gave up. And that's the thing about wrestling is people forget that like AJ Styles, like you need at least you know 10 years in the business before you really figure it out. And that's who Mark Henry was. He figured it out and you got the best of his career at the time that it should be. He went from never having wrestled a day in his life to being one of the most reliable stars that they had on the roster. And he he's, uh, you know, he's still relevant today with doing busted open and he's, he's on AEW and yes, they've kind of relegated him to that position, but you know what? That fucking catchphrase has gotten over and people love it. And if for nothing else, they want to get it. You know what it is? Cause it's when John Silver did it when they were doing the split screen and John Silver was mouthing it like, it's it's it sometimes in wrestling that's all you know that was what the new age outlaws were for a while it was they had a catchphrase and people liked it well you know what too about his commentating or his first sec it's like you know that he cares enough like because that was clearly his decision i'm guessing because tony khan never says no to anything (laughs) so i imagine he's just like i just i don't think i'm the best at this let me just do this thing instead well, he's kind of fun. I mean, he's kind of fun on Dark. I don't know if you've heard him on Dark or Elevation. I forget which one. But, you know, it's like it's more casual and it's just guys like talking, which is what it really should be, you know. Uh, and, and he's much better in that role than he is than he was calling Rampage. Scott, what do you think about Mark Henry? I think every time Mark Henry got any sort of focus on him, he knocked it out of the park. I think uh, Mark Henry, like Hall of Pain Mark Henry, was genuinely great. I remember when he fought Undertaker, it was a casket match, right? Yeah, he did have a casket match. Yeah. yeah, I remember being in high school and I printed out that wrestle at the library. I printed out pictures of the Mania matches that year. And I remember looking at Mark Henry and Taker and thinking, yeah, Mark Henry deserves this. And I was like a pretty like savvy wrestling fan even then. Uh, and he did deserve it. He deserved to be fighting the Undertaker, Undertaker at WrestleMania at that time. It was uh, even discussed to have good. him end the streak. Really? At one point, there was talk of maybe this is the guy who does it. And then the, everyone came to their senses. But the, it was the, the retirement salmon jacket is one of my favorite wrestling moments too, Dan. In that, I mean, I don't think about it often, really. But it is something that when it happened, I thought to myself, wow, I'm watching one of the top tier promos ever. Uh, yeah, it was because a, it there was, a, was something really, really special about that because he thought he was going to retire. This was also like a career where Mark Henry disappeared a lot. I don't know if they sent him away because of weight. I don't know if he got hurt often, but he was gone a lot. And then when he did come back, he was pretty great. Sexual chocolate. I remember in grade school, that was the funniest shit to everybody. I think kids talked about sexual chocolate more than stone cold. So long as sexual chocolate was on raw that week. Um, yeah, the May Young hand thing was huge. Nation of Domination was great. Yeah, those are the high spots, man. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot to like about Mark Henry. Before we get to uh, roasting him, anybody else uh, got anything to add? Oh, Robert he said he was. Of... Robert said he was really popular in 1996. 
And I, I, I start laughing myself thinking that he was confusing Mark Henry with the nutty professor, which also came out in 1996. <laughs> you know, he's fun in MacGruber. He's, uh, you know, he's, oh, he's great in MacGruber, man. Well, you know, MacGruber's great. Right? I was just thinking, too, it's like amazing that they went to the Olympics. They, you know, to see Mark Henry and they're like, well, well, who, who, who was wrestling? Ah, some guy with a broken neck. No big deal. <laughs> <laughs> like, like the fucking star was there it just wasn't the guy you and you know you would think it was but then yeah i mean henry persisted and uh i mean no no like i said when, when you have like literally like you know charles barkley michael jordan scotty pippen carl malone it's like nobody else gave a shit about anything that year it was it was all those guys you know yeah the, and the world's strongest slam only works because he makes it work it's not like that impressive of a move it's just the way he does it makes it yeah and and there was only a certain amount of time where when he was doing it it looked good like there was some times where he was kind of half-assing it and it's not his fault it's when they were booking him bullshittedly and so he he shouldn't have fucking cared but when 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 they let him be big man strong man he kicked ass but there was a lot of times where we got lazy mark henry yeah, Are we, am I allowed like, to say that yet? Right? <laughs> yeah, we're we're, we're transitioning. Okay, yeah, yeah. I think well, the last thing I'll say is but like, I think that could have been injury too. I don't. No, the last thing I'll say is that it's like you know he's a guy who could have coasted and done the legends appearances for like the next twenty years and you know be a reliable Hall of Famer. And he's like, fuck, I want to do more than that, and they're not going to let me, and I'll go to AEW. Robert, do you think he'll be, um, I mean, obviously he's not going to come back as an active wrestler, but do you think WWE would welcome him back to be like, you know, I mean, he's already been in the Hall of Fame, but like, you know, like to be a legend knight or do an appearance eventually or. Yeah, I, I, there's yeah. there's no reason that they wouldn't. He didn't leave on bad terms. Um, they they didn't have a position for him full time. He wasn't going to go be an agent. He wasn't going to go work at NXT. Vince isn't going to begrudge somebody for going to work. And it wasn't like Mark Henry badmouthed the company. He was just one of a series of guys along with, with Christian and big show who got run off by Randy Orton on screen. And then the next week showed up on dynamite. That was a fun segment too. Uh, all right, let's get to the roast of Mark Henry. Mike, pick the order. Uh, I want Robert to go first. <clears throat> All right. The roast of Mark Henry. It's time. It's time for the lame event. The announcers used to say Mark Henry's back was so big you could show a movie on it, which would be the only way Mark Henry could ever sell a ticket. <laughs> Mark Henry became the world's strongest man from carrying around all that guilt he must have felt after getting signed to a 10-year contract with no skills whatsoever. <laughs> Michael P.S. Hayes famously said he could use the N-word because he was blacker than Mark Henry. The only thing blacker about Michael Hayes is his soul or his liver spots. <laughs> Thankfully, nothing else about his WWE run was racist. Not him being called a silverback. Not him joining a stable called Thuggin' and Buggin'. And not when X-Pac wore blackface and dressed like him in a hilarious DX segment. Few men in wrestling history could dominate in the ring as much as they could dominate a McDonald's dollar menu. And both of those men are currently doubling the catering budget in AEW. And that's no BS. Mark Henry was called sexual chocolate 
because he thought diabetes was an STD. <laughs> Mark Henry was famous for inducting people into the Hall of Pain. Hall of Pain is what wrestlers call the waiting area outside Vince's office. <laughs> Henry competed in the Olympics in powerlifting, then spent the rest of his career making other people carry him. <laughs> he holds a number of impressive records, including the record for the biggest raw squat and the record for the biggest raw ratings decline. <laughs> At the Olympics, he came in a disappointing 14th place for his clean and jerk, though his clean and jerk was good enough for Pat Patterson to recommend hiring him. <laughs> Mark Henry abandoned the world of Olympic weightlifting due to rampant use of anabolic steroid use before signing with the WWF. That's the joke. <laughs> Henry's, Henry's sexually amorous character came from extensive market research of fans, mainly just realizing that Dan's entire search history was black guys who fuck. <laughs> Henry entered into a feud with The Undertaker that culminated with the debut of The Great Khali, which is a great reminder that things could always get worse. We all remember Henry's infamous salmon jacket promo where he did the most dastardly heelish thing he could think of lie about us, never having to watch him wrestle again. <laughs> <laughs> Mark Henry won the ECW title. Just in case you ever wondered why that brand failed. The most extreme, a part of that was the strain on the title as it had to stay around his waist. Mark Henry competed in the greatest Royal rumble. The Saudi Royal family were big fans of his theme song. Namely, that part about beat him up, break his neck, which is their foreign policy. <laughs> and in the end, you can currently find Mark Henry on Busted Open Radio. Wrestling fans tune in to hear his astute observations on the business, while ASMR fans tune in for his labored breathing. <laughs> uh, that's great. Uh, uh, Dan, you go next, buddy. All right. Roast to Mark Henry. Here we go. Mark Henry put Batista on the shelf while trying to take a cookie jar off it. <laughs> he walks like Matilda breathes. <laughs> he isn't the first black man to win a world title, but he's the first to do so without ever having a good match. <laughs> Mark Henry versus Big Show. It's time to ruin the main event. <laughs> His last appearance in WWE was slowly carting away from Randy Orton on a scooter as his new gimmick, Magnum T GI Fridays. <laughs> he impregnated Mae Young, who gave birth to a hand, which is what AJ Styles thinks civil unions lead to. He wrestled in a casket match at Mania, which was filled with our hopes of Undertaker fighting Kurt Angle. His beard gets wetter than Mrs. Khan's pussy on an earnings call. Sexual chocolate sounds like the state's evidence against Velveteen Dream. His go face is guy ruining bus bathroom for everybody. The world's strongest slam sounds like the last thing Earthquake ate at Denny's. He pledged to donate his brain to science causing science to reply, we're good. <laughs> he named his two-foot ferret pipe after his good friend Batista. <laughs> he, 
mentored Bucky Cannon at NXT, which is an alternate setup for the last joke. He's proof that if at first you don't succeed, try, try again. As long as you're a 400-pound Olympian who somehow convinced your boss to sign a 10-year contract. Mark Henry and Ryback recently feuded on Twitter, and we can all agree that the real winner was Spellcheck. <laughs> he still drives the Hummer he won at the Arnold Classic whenever D'Lo's not sleeping in it. All right, that's it for me. That was great. All right, I'll go. Uh, today we're roasting Mark Henry, the world's strongest man and also its weakest commentator. <laughs> I'm excited to make fun of slightly in better shape viscera. He pledged to donate his brain to be studied for CTE, which is generous since we learn more and more about it every time he does an interview on Rampage. <laughs> if you only know him from his AEW career, you'd probably wonder how they let him escape the Green Mile. <laughs> but he is a legend. He's a member of the WWE Hall of Fame, which he deserves just for not killing Michael Hayes that time we all would have been cool with him killing Michael Hayes. <laughs> For the record, over 20 years in the business, broke all sorts of weightlifting records and talked slower than he walks and still had a way less shorter speech than Hillbilly Jim. <laughs> Fuck you, Hillbilly Jim. <laughs> what a career. The Hall of Pain, that fake retirement promo. That's it. <laughs> An expert weightlifter, he placed 14th at the Atlanta Games, and yet Richard Jewell was the one accused of bombing. <laughs> Vince saw him fell in love with him and gave him a 10 year guaranteed contract which is a far cry today with Nick Khan and his guaranteed 10 day contracts <laughs> he had his first ever match with Jerry Lawler who was really disappointed when he was told he'd be in the ring with a young virgin and then saw Mark Henry <laughs> it took him 15 years to be good at wrestling Shouldn't he be a member of the nation of procrastination? Uh, he, Scott joke. Uh, he became sexual chocolate in the 90s and fell in love with Mae Young, who gave birth to his hand. Because, yeah, the Attitude Era is the best ever, bro. We got a 450-pound athlete. Let's have him fuck the old lady. <laughs> uh, he inspired Braun Strowman's moveset and QT's come over <laughs> and uh, well you know that's it guys I ran out of things to say and have no actual ending so uh, it's time for the main event <laughs> Scott alright Mark Henry happened when Earthquake the Wrestler fucked Earthquake the Comedian <laughs> <laughs> He, he looks like alien fucked predator. <laughs> he agreed to be in McGruber because he thought it was called McDonald's. Eh? <laughs> Amazing that in his youth, he'd get out of bed to lift. And now he gets out of bed via lift. <laughs> lift. If you think banging Mae Young makes him a pervert, he's called sexual chocolate because every time he fucks a dog, it dies. <laughs> he's a dog section like like in sexual terms he is to a dog what chocolate is to a dog mark henry and chocolate both 
destroy dog's guts. That's what I'm saying. Okay, anyway, sexual Man, chocolate is also the new M&M campaign. Oh, we get that? The new M&M campaign, sexual chocolate. I don't know. I saw it on Twitter. It was trending. Uh, his interview style is prisoner of war, reading an enemy prepared speech addressed <laughs> to his home country. I'm happy here in AEW. And now it's time for the main event. I love you, honey. <laughs> the Hall of Pain for Mark Henry is any hallway thinner than a tunnel. <laughs> rubs against his sides. In wrestling, he's the world's strongest man. On a podcast, he's the world's wrongest man. <laughs> he's got bad wrestling takes. Busted open radio. Busted open is also what happens to his pants when he sits down. That <laughs> <laughs> <Bad> asshole. <laughs> the world's strongest man. This is messed up. And I heard this, okay? this So this isn't me. But I heard, so world's strongest man, I heard Jackson Riker Calls him the world's strongest three-fifths of a man. <laughs> That's terrible, right? <laughs> Leo Rush is the same age as Mark and May's son. And Mark's son says that if Leo ever starts with his dad again, he's going to declare a thumb war. <laughs> I don't know Whatever. why I imagine when you said son, I just imagine like, does the hand grow up to be Leo Rush? This <laughs> is, <laughs> you know, I don't know. <laughs> and finally, he he's friends with George Bush. In case you're wondering how they got Tower Seven to collapse. <laughs> <laughs> ah, the rest of Mark Henry. We're gonna do an ain't that swell and a show in hell for Mark and Henry. Our ain't that swell. We've mentioned it a few times, but it's the Mark Henry fake retirement speech. I, I said it before. Uh, I, it was it's one of my favorite segments ever uh, in wrestling in general, just because and, mm. and that stands out because he's not he's not one of my favorite wrestlers. So that 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 does say a lot about that segment and his performance in that segment. And, and Cena's great in it, too, even though Cena doesn't really say anything. Uh, see, we will be talking later about things that Cena wasn't great in, uh, which uh, any and basically deciding to talk outside any character um but yeah I, I love this man i mean does anyone have anything to add to this no i thought it was laid out perfectly it made sense and i don't know how it made sense but he worked us even though why would john cena go out there and only john cena but it worked uh and i and, and i do i mean it, it is a credit to probably mark henry's health and weight and stuff that you go yeah he can retire right now in this moment but God damn it worked. And when, when, uh, when Henry dropped Cena, it was just, it was massive. You, you wanted him to win the title and be like this monster heel, you know? And that was what it was. It's, it's, you didn't see this coming from him. And he was, he was tweeting about it before this happened that, you know, this was going to be his real retirement. They were leaking it out to the dirt sheets that the, Mark Henry was retiring. They had done similar setups for real We'd seen it with other wrestlers, so you'd seen it with Edge. And, you know, so you knew what this felt like. And he was using a different tone. And he felt like he didn't feel like he was reading a scripted promo. It felt like he was speaking from the heart. And that was what made it where you open up and you're like, oh, this is this is legitimate. This doesn't feel like you're preparing for an angle. They didn't go over the top. And part of it was you start watching it and you get like a weird bit of nostalgia where you're like, boy, this guy was really a part of a lot for the last 15 years. It kind of sucks that he's retiring. Maybe I am going to miss Mark Henry. 
And so it lured you in in so many different ways so that when you do get the payoff, it was so memorable. And it's why good creative can elevate any wrestler. Like this was this was the the single segment that justified a lot of stupid shit that Vince Russo would do, which was you you give somebody the 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 right the right creative at the right time and they can really make it work. Yeah, it's also I mean, like Vince Russo does not care about wrestling <laughs> based on the way he booked Henry and obviously a bajillion other reasons, but like. What's amazing about this, he's, I, I love, because I watched it again, he riffs, you know, he does like a May Young joke in the middle of it all, and he really does lure you in, and um, it's so funny too, because I love when he slams Cena and then just screams, I got a lot left in the tank, and I forgot, that was one of my favorite things about Henry, was he would always just scream during his matches, like, that's what I do, and other catchphrases, and it's just like, which, you know, everyone seemed to do it like in the last two years in the pandemic era when there was no crowd, but he feels like he did it first and he did it best <laughs> because it just seemed yeah. authentic when he would just yell at someone as that he was beating them up. And um, I mean, look, if this if we had recorded this before yesterday, I would say this is the best fake sincere promo of all time. <laughs> but you know, it ain't uh, anymore. Uh, we'll, we'll get into that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, man. I mean, it was just an awesome segment. So check it out if you haven't. Our show in hell, of course, we've got to do the birth of the hand. Uh, if you haven't seen this, this is actually what half of Grizzly Smith's births look like. Uh, it is, uh, you know, if you haven't seen it. May Young uh, decides to do like an ultimate warrior slam on somebody. And because of that, uh, she goes into labor, I guess a premature birth, if you will. And uh, which I feel like that's how they made Tevis get abortions back in the day. But uh, it was, it was, uh, um, that's yeah. So wrong, Dan. They were not called divas back then. No, oh, I'm sorry. sorry, sorry. <laughs> uh, uh, They're called puppies. They're, <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, man, I, for whatever reason, look, it's on show and hell, but for me, this could be ain't this swell, that swell, because I, for whatever reason, as a viewer, was satisfied with this. Like, it kind of made sense in a weird, it was like, made more sense than like the end of Lost, you know, like, yeah, it's an old guy and it's an old lady giving birth. Of course, it's just going to be a hand or, or something. And, you know, that the Conan writer, I forget what the guy's name is, but he... He talks about it a lot. He was uh, he was the surgeon there uh, delivering the baby. Um, just a classic Attitude Era segment. Um, Is there an explanation? I don't think there was. At so least- at one point, the explanation was going to be that that was a uh, like a sex toy that got stuck up there, that it was like a vibrating hand that got wedged up. And then years later, they did a bit where the hand was all grown up and it was a guy in a hand costume. So they were just like, hey, I'm here to see my, you know, my dad. Um, so they, they had fun with it. And that was that was the thing about this. Like, it was incredibly stupid, but so memorable that if you think of Mark Henry, there's really only two things you think of, which is this and the retirement speech. And when, when Dan said this is what he picked, I said, to me, the show and how like the most embarrassing thing he was a part of because it was ugly and hateful at the time and has gotten infinitely worse is when he had the storyline with China and they set him up with a trans person and he like he 
has sex with the trans person. Cloudy, and then, right? Because they have no, this funny. wasn't Cloudy. The Cloudy was oh. Cloudy was a different person. This was Sammy. Because they referenced oh, Sammy on one of the SmackDowns that we watched. Um, and I was like, that was peak. This is an ugly thing that nobody should ever like. So let them stick with him impregnating an old lady and her giving birth to body parts. That's the best case scenario. And Patterson and Briscoe are fantastic in this segment. They make all this stupid shit work. Yeah, I mean, it's it's bonkers. It's like this was the time like South Park had been on for like a year or two when you just hadn't seen that level of like outrageous comedy every week. And then Vince Russo trying to copy it without much of a sense of humor. Um, And it's interesting because, yeah, it's like, you do remember it. (laughs) You know, it is, it is talked about, you know, um, and there's a lot of stuff from this time and from many times that you don't, and you're like, okay, (laughs) I mean, it's amazing because, like, when I first heard of Mae Young, I was like, am I supposed to know who this is? <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, you find out she's just the little victim who never spoke out. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but it is amazing that, like, you know, they had, like, it's funny they, they had a bunch of different hoes for Godfather but they always went to Mula and May because they're like, we can't get other old women. Like, this is it. These are the ones who are okay getting thrown through tables and doing whatever. Like, I can't even imagine them being pitch shit. They'll just, I feel like May was like, ah, we'll just do it live. (laughs) You pull out whatever you want to pull out of me. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, this is, I mean, this is fun though. It's like of all the attitude era things where I'm like, this sucks. And it's mostly DQ finishes. This was like, oh, okay. <laughs> this is one. This is one of the better finishes in 1999. <laughs> yep. Any uh, anything else to add, Mr. Chaplin? No, it's silly. I think if it happened in either company today, uh, we would be like, it's the death of the creative of this company. What the fuck is happening? Um, and, and I think, what would someone like Jim Cornette say if that happened nowadays? Um, and, and, but I think he was working for them at the time, right? And, and he seemed to be fine. Uh, it's just interesting. Well, that, he had, uh, I mean, like his whole thing is he always gets out of whatever bad creative by saying, like, oh, I just hated it. I wanted to do, you know, Memphis or whatever. But yeah, but it's like, his, does he not talk to Mark Henry for agreeing to do this? Does he not talk to Vince McMahon? Does he think Vince McMahon ruined professional wrestling because he put a storyline like this on television? I think no. this was after yes. Cornette. This was, I, I mean, Robert, you're more of the historian than me with this stuff, but I feel like this was, like, this was 99, right? This was like, this Russo's was 99, yeah. Cornette oh, this was 99. Was, so yeah, this Cornette was, was yeah, this gone. was Russo completely. Yeah. This is when over. Cornette, this is why Cornette wants to kill Russo because of this shit. Yeah. So this is why it's the, you know, there needs to be a restraining order against him and it did kill wrestling, but this was, 1999 was shitty for creative, not just in wrestling. It was, lowest common denominator for a couple of years of whatever could grab you. And the beauty of the attitude era was nothing stayed on for too long for you to remember it. This happened. Then they move on to another segment and they don't bring it up 10 times. There's not a video package the next week. It's this thing happened. It's disposable. Move on. 
And for better or for worse, that was a lot of the Attitude Era. And it's Dan and I are going back and watching some of these old Smackdowns for something to sports entertainment with. And it's like, we just watched Pepper the dog get killed and fed to Al Snow. And then they're like, well, that happened. Let's move on to the next match. Like, that was just the way the world was at that point in time. As a dog lover, it made me uncomfortable. The birth of the hand? Uh, <laughs> they could have sold that hand, you know. I mean, if if the bliss is it, is it because it was a premature birth, and the gag is I think a premature gag, body right? would only be a hand it's because a it's not a full toy, body. Right? It's a sex toy, but you can't do a dildo. So I, you I have think, to do a hand. I think, her, I think her vagina is just like the whale in Pinocchio. Like it's just got all sorts of things in there. It just should have been a fist if it's going to be a sex toy. Yeah, the SmackDown yeah. fist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, just, uh, I just had a, I just had an image of, of them be, asking Mark Henry, did you fuck May Young? And then his nose grows out. He's like, no. <laughs> uh, hey, we're going to get to Dynamite or Dub, but we got a special guest coming in. Zach, is he uh, in the... Uh, it, sure it, is. On, on Doc. Folks, you know him from the Late Show with Stephen Colbert. He was also on Crazy Ex-Girlfriend friend of mine very funny dude and a wrestling fan he's gonna be reviewing dynamite with us danny joel's everybody danny thank you for coming on come right in i mean you you join the zoom and you go right into this thing yeah man, we, we, we we're not gonna we're not gonna keep you waiting and we're, we're we're excited that you're able to talk about about the show this i didn't know you were a huge wrestling fan until recently so i was pumped uh pumped to hear that how long have you been a fan for I mean, so as a kid, obviously, like super into it, then did the classic like going to college, uh, falling out, no longer cool. Yeah. Let's get out of this thing. You look like if young MJF didn't go into football and just stayed in the musical theater and just yeah. stay Jewish. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> if he didn't break every Jewish stereotype and instead just <laughs> went that. Yeah. I mean, and I take that with honor. Um <laughs> And yeah, and so I like fell out of it and was like, not for me. And then I'd say like mid to late 20s started just getting back in and then it's just been escalating. And then like genuinely AEW has been like a big, big impact on me going from this is something I came up with and watch pay-per-views to I'm now watching weekly and I know about indie wrestlers and now I'm at this place and now it's just taking over. That's awesome, man. It sounds like a support group now. It sounds like we just welcomed you into our support group. <laughs> well, like, how did we gonna, get here, you know? We're but... going to break down AEW Dynamite. Uh, in the first hour, we had a tag team battle royale, uh, an Adam, uh, which ended in an Adam Hangman Page promo, a Brian Danielson backstage promo where he referenced Mr. William Regal, who knows if he comes, comes along, uh, an MJF promo, which is, Maybe, maybe his best promo. I, I think I like the Melanie, the Pillman one a little better, but this was for me like right under that, man. It was terrific. And uh, the Kings of the Black Throne versus Pac and Penta. Danny, you're our guest. What did you think of this first hour? Uh, gr- great. I mean, ma- mainly because Royale, whatever, take it, leave it. We know what they're setting up there. But uh, MJF promo, I agree, maybe his best ever. Uh, and certainly all I ask for out of wrestling is just every now and then do something that surprises me. Just anything that makes me be like, oh, that was not what I expected this week. And that promo was just like everything I didn't expect. I loved it so much. Um, and then, yeah, that, that was the highlight of the first hour for me. 
and really got me just, I was like, great, love it so much. Loved it. It felt like, like an amazing production of Merchant of Venice or something like that's how good it was. It was he's he's a freak. I mean, he's just so good. Yeah, he's unbelievable. Mike, what do you think of this first hour? Is that your yeah, fa- was that um, your favorite MJF promo? What's that? Was that your favorite MJF promo? It's one of my top five promos of all time. Like I felt as I was watching it, I was seeing something magical. It was just special. I mean, for the first time in 2022, wrestling is acknowledging anti-Semitism. That was nice. Um, <laughs> never thought that would happen. Uh, but Jim no, Ross is conspicuously mean, absent. I just I, I've I've rewatched this promo like four different times now, and there's just everything I love about it. His performance, Punk coming out, and the way that he reacted, and I think one of the things that really sells it to me is Tony Schiavone. Um, like by the third time, I really appreciated that because he brings up his kids, like his kids having ADD and Tony hates MJF more than anyone. And he's always like this fucking asshole and all that. And then he's sympathizing with him. And the fact that there are multiple ways this can go, that's exciting that it was a surprise, you know, punk cut a great classic wrestling promo last week. You know, I'm selling a match. Here's what the match is. And then MJF comes out this week. People are doing the shut the fuck up chants and booing. And there's people clapping at the end. Like, they're really into this. That's fucking hard because he's not a cool heel. He's just a heel. Nobody, like, even though, like, we all respect him as a performer, we also know, like, oh, he wants us to boo him. We'll boo him. Um, But these people, like they changed because he was that good. It was, it was remarkable, man. Like I was talking to some of the people in the Facebook group during it and just like realizing, Oh, we're watching something like fucking special here. This is not run of the mill. I I don't know what beats this, this year for best promo, but um, it's pretty great. Uh, the, the, enough of the hyperbole. I'm sure someone might not <laughs> agree, but I mean, I, I, was, I don't know I was if anyone would disagree. Uh, CM Punk coming out after is that real is that real yeah and no music (laughs) either like that that was cool too it's like he always comes out and it's just do you you think the character MJF is lying about this or do you think it's true and it's like more of like a sympathetic what if it's true origin story it's true right so here's my storyline it's true and they show backstage footage of CM Punk he was going to come out and kick MJ's ass and he's kind of like, you know, he's, he's all pissed off. His fins, fists are clenched. And then he hears MJF's story. And right before he walks out to talk to MJF, he like unclenches his fists and quarters drop to the ground. <laughs> and then he goes, talks to him. It's like, I was going to throw love to see too? Like just a, a flash, a flashback of like, it's MJF getting hit with the quarters and then he cut to Vince and he goes, welcome to the XFL. Yeah. Well, what's, I mean, those quarters paid for my wrestling school. What's amazing about it too, is that it's like, it's also the Weasley heel thing of like, he doesn't want to be in the dog collar match. This is his way of like getting out of it because Dude, it's what a real piece of shit does. It's what a yeah. true piece of shit does. Yeah, it's no, not- no, no. You don't understand. My, my life has been hard. No, you don't understand. I, I don't mean to be a piece of shit. It's like every yeah. real, true, vile piece of shit. It's awesome. It's and, and it's like he's still one of the more well-adjusted people that blames their life falling apart on punk leaving. 
<laughs> we know we know guys like that. And then um, yeah, the Royale was was fine. I just I I don't care really. I wish the Bucks uh, or you know uh, Lucha uh, the Jurassic Express was in some kind of program. This just feels like nothing. And and Christian's just their chaperone now. He's not even like a manager. He's just there with oh, them to make the sure turn. that the big, it's building for the turn. Yeah, he, he should like meet sure. Sue at a school dance, and they should like bang in the back of the van. <laughs> yeah, he's just make, he's just there to make sure he, he really injures his neck. Yeah, they share punch two chaperones. <laughs> Don't worry, Mrs. Jungle Boy. I'll make sure he's back by eleven o'clock. I, I imagine him doing the vulture speech. From Spider Man Homecoming with Jungle Boy in the back. I don't know this speech. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, and then, I mean, mid fucking mid, this bullshit. Uh, this sucks. Wait, uh, what, I like what? Penta, but this is, I mean, they're literally, you, you can't call this more of a burial when Alistair has a shovel. <laughs> this is just. None of this means anything. It's not um, a burial. No, I mean, it's I love up Buddy. Phoenix coming back, man. Yeah, and I love, I love Buddy. I mean, I love uh, Buddy Murphy. You say mean, Buddy Rogers. <laughs> I was about to say Buddy Ryan. What's his name? Oh, Buddy Hackett. B- Buddy Matthews now. Buddy Matthews. Yeah, but Jesus, the last man. Changes. I mean, me. as soon as I saw him, I'm like, well, AEW definitely doesn't have a wellness policy. <laughs> <laughs> he he has like. Fucking pecks upon pecks. It's it's out of control. I, I didn't like, love the match, but I, I I did. I like I like that he's there. You know? But but the thing is, Buddy Rogers and Buddy Roberts, like I, and and Buddy Rose, like these worked in the sixties and seventies. If you're joining a heel stable of evil guys called the House of Black, and your name is Buddy, it's just fucking stupid to me. What if it talks like this now? His name what is Buddy. If, what if he that's goes, cool, hey, right? I love that. Yeah, that's kind of cool. If he does Terrence and Philip, what's up, buddy? I'm buddy. <laughs> <laughs> what, what's interesting is like, you know, he was always the most underrated guy in WWE, and he may be the most underrated guy in AEW now because they have so many great wrestlers. And I, I, I think, no he, way, no I way. What Tony was that? That was a great one. sentence, but what the fuck was that, Dan? That's not true. Uh, you don't think he's one of the most underrated guys in AEW? Buddy, he just showed up. What the fuck are you talking about? I'm, well, I'm just Shut saying. Up, you know, was, like, well, it's just a different. It's a different thing. I'm just saying he's not like when you Dude, think of the, the top. People went bananas. The audience went bananas. Boys, raise your hands. Even listeners, raise your hand in your car at your office if you heard the crowd go crazy for Buddy Murphy. I did. I did. No, yes. I, I didn't say under. I, I I say is like when you think of like the top five wrestlers that are on the current roster in AEW. Oh, you think he's top five? Okay, that's interesting. I I, I, I think he could be. I, think I mean, he could dude, be. physique, he's top two, right? Right, yeah, it's like yeah. him and But Pop. will he have that physique yeah. in three months? Everybody shows up to AEW with a great physique and then three months go by and then it's down. Because Tony's giving out Twizzlers and shit in the back. I know. Also, <laughs> these guys goodie bags every, every Wednesday. When I mean, leave. he's watching his ex fuck Ryan Cabrera, and he's just <laughs> whipped in weights angrily, you know. But also, why would you have fucking Malachi get pinned in this? Like Brody Dude, looks he swallowed like his own mist. It's okay. It's because the, the House of Black is stronger when it's a full house. You can't be a strong house if you don't have four fucking corners or some shit. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Was you be at an airport and now there's three and the house is getting right worse four because Julia Hart and the house I, is now complete. That's why he got pinned because he wasn't a complete house, Michael. 
I also like how serious we're taking the mist. I think that the mist has been a really good runner yes. for them. And I think that like, yes, Oscar, the mist I, I is what can be WWE's credit. Oscar brought the mist back. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. She was great. She's been injured for a while, but yeah. respect. Dan, Asian racism always brings the mist back. <laughs> like there's, uh, people, there's people in the back in wrestling that think that's just a thing they can do. <laughs> uh, Robert, what did you think of this first hour? All right. So for the Battle Royale, um, I, 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 I'm going to be positive here for some of the stuff, I promise. I liked Santana's awareness of the camera and doing the thumbs up before he eliminated I think it was one of the guns or something like that dude is figuring it out every week and he is going to make them some serious money. I think he is one of the most underrated guys that AEW has. He's a killer promo. He was a star in that battle Royal. It was great. Unfortunately it ended with, you know, the four short guys who couldn't hack it anywhere else. Um, then they oh bring out. Oh, relax, Scott. I'm just feeding you for a second. Madness. Calm down. Breathe. <laughs> it was great to see. You know, I, I, I'm excited for Fish and O'Reilly to be back in NXT where they belong on a real top tier show with tie dye as a logo. Yeah, Scott, uh, I didn't, you don't always like, have to defend the lollipop kids. All right. Yeah. Uh, I didn't. Tag love... teams are two people. They should be tiny. It's two. <laughs> Cool. Didn't love Hangman's presence. This Hangman Cole feud feels like it's just two dudes. Like it doesn't feel like this is your main title, main storyline. AEW, the one thing they've done well, as opposed to WWE, and this is going to pay me to say it, they make their world title seem important. Their champion seems important. Hangman has seemed like I mean, just a guy. Important. I think hmm? Roman, Roman. Roman, no, no. WWE figured it out. Roman is is by far important because you know they, it's the only guy you can't leave. Uh, I like Danielson's little promo in the back uh, about how he wants to train Danny Garcia, bringing these guys into the pool. Hangman thing, Robert. Before, just to get yeah. it out there, like I thought that Hangman promo was great. The problem with this character is they need to get rid of the dark order around him. Like he's the world champ. Now it was fine that he had the dark order coming up when he was doing the feud with the elite. Great. I'm not saying he can't be, I like the AWS continuity that like he can't have moments with them, but the fact that every segment is the dark order. And again, he's tagging with them to go against the elite. I just, I think they fucking weigh him down. They, anyway. they weigh him down, and then Cole seems more preoccupied with with his uh, his other short friends fighting with one another uh, for who can't ride on the roller coaster, and as opposed to focusing on the world <laughs> title, which is just, unless this is a massive swerve, in which case, awesome, but we'll see. The Black King, Pac, Penta thing, the, the presentation of Penta coming out, because he kind of yes. could be their undertaker, was great. The, the tombstone, his manager dressed like the druid. That was fine. The problem is the bell rang. And I love Brody King. I work with Brody King. Really nice guy. He looks weird when he's tan. He was a step off the entire match, and it was distracting. It was weird to have Black get pinned when the plan all along was we're debuting a mystery guy who's going to help us. They, they just shouldn't have pinned him. You could have had uh, Buddy Murphy show up and interfere and, and that's fine and the crowd pop for him they're in connecticut they know where he worked before and they love him all right the max thing the the mjf promo was a different promo than you've ever seen him do so it's hard to compare it with the other because he's delivered some brilliant promos as that right. one character this was him showing the other depth of range he has and i will be a complete fucking nerd right now in the bit i teared up listening to it not because of the content the content was fine knowing because max wwe because he's going to do great in WWE, but knowing Max the way I do and knowing that he had this in him and could deliver this and show people, even though obviously he's not a baby face, 
I can do the fiery promo. I can bring you in. I can pull back the character and you're going to care. The, the, this is one of the, it's one of the rare times I'll say it on it. I, I reached out to Max. I told him how amazing this was. And I don't ever get into this shit with him. Cause it's just not our dynamic anymore. Like let him have his thing. And, and it's cool. I told him how amazing this was. And I said, there was one point though, where he was like, Oh, we got Jews in the house and the crowd booed. And I was genuinely terrified for his life. And I messaged him. I'm like, even in Saudi Arabia, they cheered for Goldberg and in fucking Bridgeport, Connecticut, they're going to boo. They're going to boo that. But this was a, a masterclass. Like he added an extra zero when it's contract renegotiation time with this. This was a, an epic touchstone moment. Uh, I felt like a, a proud parent watching this. This was awesome. Yeah, this Robert, started in November, by the way. And I to think we didn't. We all thought it was going to come to revolution, but we were like, how the hell are they going to make this work? And there was maybe one week where we almost thought they might, they might not be doing this right. And then like every other week has been slammed. I, I think last week's promo, whatever it was, uh, the dog collar promo. The I dog mean, collar I, promo was a slam dunk. Every and this promo worked. in this feud has been one of the best but pro wrestling Scott, promos. Notice what, notice what last week and this week didn't have, which is what made us think this wasn't going to work. There was no Wardlow. The crowd fucking loves Wardlow. They want to see him. They want to see him turn on Max. They want to see him be a, they, they want to see him be Diesel 2.0. And by not putting him out there at all, you can tell the punk MJF story. And we felt like that's where they were losing it because it became the crowd was more interested in what was over here on the left was what was on the right. They adjusted, they recalibrated, no Wardlow whatsoever. It was, it was a great move. And now you do want to see what happens next, which so rarely happens in wrestling. One, one thing I wanted to say, which is like amazing to me, is that he cut a better Cody promo than Cody ever has. Because it had like some of the, the template of what you expect from a Cody promo. And like the thing, the thing that really amazes me. Cody this week, that, I'm shitting bricks because I don't know if you knew this. He was mentioned on Raw twice and he was mentioned on Dynamite. And there was like no reaction across the board <laughs> on yeah. either show. Well, that's so a raw what's, crowd. What's so what's amazing expect? is that, like, he's able to talk about outside stuff or real stuff, and it doesn't feel insidey. And it's like, I mean, this whole feud is so great because, yeah, you are drawing on who CM Punk is and and what he means to a lot of people, but it's it's there's a believability to it that like MJF is looking at him as a fan and all that, and I. I don't even think I mentioned last week that he, I mean, fucking punk used the street fighter, the movie reference, you know, the day bison came into your town was the saddest day of your life. But for me, it was a Tuesday. <laughs> and then, and then for MJF to take that fucking kind of goofy line and pivot it into a whole promo. It's yeah, this is uh we, we should be lucky that we're getting to fucking see this. Cause uh, there's, bare, there's no one else that can do what this guy does right now. The most amazing thing about it, and it's a little insider baseball y, but that's fine. He always made a point of, I'm never going to point out the, the Jewish thing whenever I do promos. Like we would talk, and he's like, I don't ever want to make it a thing. It's like people are going to assume we're never going to touch on it. So by bringing it in here to make it feel authentic was the first time he's ever openly acknowledged that on TV and, and made that a, a, a focal point of who his character was. So when he when you get the ultimate reveal of how dastardly he is, you hate him on so many more levels. And unlike Cody, who couldn't cure racism, MJF cured anti-Semitism. So, so here's to you, Max.
Danny, uh, you were shaking your head a couple of times during Robert. If you didn't know, Robert's a mole from Stanford. But uh, what's uh, <laughs> did you have anything else to add before we get to the second hour? No, I, 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 I the, honestly, the biggest thing that I, other than your brutal assessment of a couple of things that I felt was harsh. Oh, um, what did you think I, was harsh? What did you think was harsh? The, the House yeah. of Black. House of Black. I thought House of Black was was set up what it needed to set up. And I had no issues. With, I It, it was yeah. fine. It's a match like they can't they can't have not everything for two hours is going to be world moving. Some are just going to be matches. And we revealed something. I had no issues with it. And booking wise, I liked that. Again, we set up this mist is what can take down Malachi. I like all that. Um, and the only thing I was going to just add is to me as somebody who has never booked wrestling, but watches a lot of wrestling. The one thing I always look for in a company is, can you make me care about something that doesn't involve a title? Because it's easy to make me care about a title is easy. There's a title. Everyone wants it. And the fact that since November, these two have made me care so much about this feud and has made it week after week. Exciting is just unbelievable. Yeah, there's and no so way excited. this shouldn't main event. Like let's not have, you know, the child version of himself and the adult version of himself battling in the fucking main. Like, whatever i know i know you like cole and page and all that stuff scott and you'll defend yeah, him to the, yeah. like but you'd agree right this should end with mjf and punk right um it doesn't have to you know i mean not, not every you know the best match the biggest match isn't always especially on a long show yeah. uh, so it depends how long it is but but sometimes it's actually better to put that kind of match somewhere in the middle so you do have the crowd guaranteed behind it even though i think no matter what the crowd is guaranteed behind this fucking thing yeah, and they're gonna tell a hell of a story my god that's the thing that's why i think you got to put it on last because you're going to tell an emotionally draining story that promo was emotionally draining when you have these guys bloodied and you get to whatever that finish is whatever the catharsis is you don't want to follow that with and good news here comes the six-man tag with andrade and matt hardy <laughs> uh and, and it's funny, but to Danny. To Danny's point, is, are they going to have two six-mans? Are they going to have the Tornado and they're going to have the House of Black and uh, and the Death Triangle match? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. It's going to be all. It's going to be a New Japan show. It's all six-mans. Uh, but to Danny's point, what was so eloquent about it was he completely explained why Cody was an absolute failure for a while. Cody believed he was strong enough that I don't need the title. I don't need a title story. Whoever gets to work with me is elevated by being in my presence. And that is a standalone segment. That's the kind of shit that you can get away with, with the undertaker or Bruce Pritchard always says some guy doesn't need the title. That wasn't Cody. That wasn't Cody with Anthony Agogo or Malachi black or any of his feuds. That is what they're getting right now with punk and MJF. There is no title that's involved in it. It's a purely personal story and it sucks you in. And that's when wrestling is the absolute fucking best. And they still in November, they did talk about, you know, whoever wins this, we should, the, the person should go on to the title. So you still have that in there. We know that we're two of the best, but we got to deal with this shit first. It feels like a step down to go wrestle the guys you need a step ladder. <laughs> Yeah, I think it, it it ends, you know, ultimately in a title match between those two. But at hour two, we've got uh, Chris Jericho and Eddie Kingston segment, which I thought was awesome. Uh, an Andrade promo backstage. Ten versus Ricky Starks. Yikes. <laughs> uh, Jade Cargill versus uh, The Bunny for the TBS championship. Keith Lee delivering a promo backstage and getting in the face of Ricky Starks. And then Day Brian Danielson versus Danny Garcia. 
Uh, and at the very end, we get uh, the announcement that Mox versus Brian. Day- I mean, this card has so many blood feud matches up. Like, think about it. There's Thunder Rosa, Britt Baker. There's Jericho, Eddie Kingston. There's Punk and uh, Punk and MJF. And then there's fucking Moxley and and Brian Danielson. I mean, it, it it's almost like one of those matches has to suffer, right? Like in a weird way. To to because they're all so important. They all all four of those matches seem so important. And then you have the AEW World Title match, which you know, it, being a World Championship match, it, it's going to be important. Um, yeah, that, I I'm almost concerned that this pay per view is too stacked. But that sounds like I was I was paid by Tony Khan to say that. But uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm worried I'm going to have too much fun watching it. Yeah. What did you, well, what do you think of the second hour, Scott? Um, I thought it was fine enough, you know, look, 10 doing anything is really, it's, you're just not rooting for it. And I really thought he was going to win. I think everybody did because it, it was, you know, looking like it was going to be a big man ladder match. And we did want that. And I kind of accepted that 10 was going to be in it, but I was not happy about it. I'm kind of, I'm kind of bummed it's not going to be a big man ladder match. Well, no, but someone like Ricky Starks being in it, being one of the only not big guys is fun. He can hop around and. There are some things you can do, but yeah, I do agree with you. It would have been something very different. It was if it was just big guys. Um, the Jericho Kingston thing, man. I thought Kingston was unreal in this, and Jericho had to bring it, and, and he did. The Moxley Brian thing, I really enjoyed. I like that they were still playing wild thing while Moxley was beating the shit out of uh, dudes, and and I I love that they're fighting each other. Yeah, I think everything on this show did a really good job of going these are matches that will be happening in a week and a half and uh they sold all of them and, and, you know so yeah the jade cargo match you know not 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 really for me and the you know ty conti comes out yeah yeah i don't know i guess you have to have a pay-per-view match and they like her enough right they do like her enough she will lose that match that bunny match was tough I will say that it was, it should have been a lot shorter than it was. Danny, what did you think of the second hour? Yeah, I think I agree with everything that's been said. I mean, Jericho Kingston, just phenomenal again within so quickly went from a thing that I was kind of excited about to this pay-per-view, but it wasn't over the moon about, it. I'd, I'd sort of had a hard time figuring inner they he, Kingston broke up. The inner circle was doing really very little for me to, by the end of that segment, can't wait for this match. It's going to be so awesome. Um, and then, uh, and then just as quickly, um, the Danielson Moxley just immediately again, same thing of I'm into this too. Can't wait for this. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't understand Keith Lee. I don't understand why he doesn't have a manager. Um, well, Adam Cole is there. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Something is playing in my ear. There we go. Okay. What a nightmare for me. Um, <laughs> Hey, Adam Cole. That was just Robert's in, opinion. That Adam was just Cole Bellator is MMA in my picture, and he's gonna yell at Paige. I'll bite your knees off. <laughs> Why does he have a Cockney accent now? Is that his <laughs> um, Because Monty Python, when the guy has his arms and legs chopped off. Yeah, uh, uh, the uh, the Black Knight. Yeah. Yeah, the Black yeah. Knight. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Flesh wound. Yeah. Yeah, Adam Cole's the Black Knight of wrestling. <laughs> he's like this weasel that's kind of what i and you know i didn't i didn't get i didn't talk about that segment but i i did like the tag match i love matt hardy walking away 
Uh, Jeff is coming. Let's everybody listening. I, 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 I heard Jeff, uh, you know, apparently passed his drug test. I don't know. Apparent. I, I don't know what's going on. And so but did it, Buddy Murphy. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it will be fun if we all decide that no matter how sober Jeff is, we pretend he's drunk during his matches. Uh, it, <laughs> uh, Whisper in the Wind is just hilarious when you think it's a wasted guy not really knowing where he's going to land. I mean, are we going to get the Willow run that we've desperately craved? Dude, if it's on AEW Dark, I don't mind. But look, man, I mean, the uh, the Kyle O'Reilly, the way he eliminated uh, Matt Jackson was awesome. Yeah. I thought it was really fun and creative. Hangman coming out and kicking everybody's ass and kicking Adam Cole's ass. I mean, he made Adam Cole look like a little bitch. And that's been the storyline. And I don't think this has been like a great storyline. But it does seem like the storyline is, Look at this little fucking weasel. Every try, every time he's tried something, Hangman has called him out on it and made him look stupid. Was this because um, you felt bad for saying one negative thing about AEW during hour two? You had to circle no, back to hour one. I don't You're remember. like, ah, the Jade Bunny match oh, wasn't no, as great as I thought. You felt guilty. <laughs> Dude, attend wrestles like like a worse version of the injured Patriot Del Wilkes. Like it's Dude, he's like ECW zombie. The, or what was it? The mummy? Yeah, what was it? Yeah, it was the zombie. It was it's it's really bizarre. Like that they they have so many guys who can go, and it's like Come on, man. Have fucking. I'd rather see like Powerhouse Hobbs wrestle another match than I would, you know. I mean, he can't face Ricky Starks, but it's crazy, man. It's crazy. You know what's amazing is like, I think Kingston is one of the most valuable assets you could have on a company because, like, he did this with Punk and I was doing it with Jericho two weeks before pay per view because of the fact that you believe he resents every body uh, <laughs> you're absolutely does. right you dude know? that punk feud was a week long i'm yes. I, I, I think uh, i'm yeah. almost positive about that mm-hmm. oh it was a dynamite percent. it was a, wait it was a dynamite a, a uh, rampage. No, no, no. yeah it was, it was a, a rampage, rampage a dynamite a rampage the paper and that's it and it was fucking one of the best views of the year because you <laughs> believe that he's just walking around simmering all the time he's so yeah. believable and i think like besides regal he might have the best facial expressions in wrestling because like i think he was awesome on the mic during that segment but his fucking reactions the way that he acts like a person like you watch like when adam page is cutting that promo and fucking bobby fish is talking through the whole thing i kind of liked it though i kind of oh, like hilarious yeah man these are people <laughs> Like it was very old school wrestling of like, can you believe what this guy's saying? But I yeah. enjoyed it. <laughs> it was, but he, it's like let the guy talk a little bit. It was, it was a bit too much for me. I, I liked it, and then you know, Fishy got too ambitious. But um, I think that that Kingston and Jericho, it's it's amazing because like, Jer- like you could see the two styles. Like Kingston is a guy who's like, I'm just gonna fucking go out there, and then Jericho is a guy that has to like prepare because by the end Jericho goes let me say again and he's saying a thing for the third time the big one thing where it's like I think that like he did I don't I wouldn't want to say he got eaten alive on the mic but when he's going May 6th I mean March 6th and then I know someone on Twitter said he was about to say January 6th (laughs) (laughs) but it's like he got a little he got a little flustered 
I think that the heel version that Jericho is so great at a heel that the heel character that he's playing now is just him on his podcast. Because if you listen to him on his podcast, it's him explaining stuff and just being like that, like kind of like smartest guy in the room. And and I think that for Kingston, that's just a great fucking foil. Yeah. And him on his podcast is just. Look, I know what Benoit did was horrible, but can we still watch my matches? <laughs> like, and it's like that's the thing. Like, he's so believable as a heel because when he's saying, "I did at 22 what it took you 38 to do," and all this shit, it's like you know he believes that, and you know that's just him, <laughs> and it's and it's authentic. And then you have like fucking Kingston intimidating Jericho while also beefing him up at the same time. That's just like really hard to do where he's bringing up all these great moments of Jericho and like, that's the guy I want to see. And you're like, Oh yeah, that guy is a fucking legend. Um, yeah. This was any other, any other week, this would have been the best promo on the show. Um, but this was, this was great. And I, I like the Garcia stuff where they're, you know, I like the Daniel Bryan wanting to mentor these guys. I hope that it works because um, I think that'll help Moriarty and him and not just be dudes on TV. I just wanted to throw in also, like, I think the word foil was said and I was like, that is so true. And that's what I think Jericho did so well here was like, he was just a foil and he allowed Kingston. I, cause he stayed quiet. Cause Jericho's so good at the L he's such a good, like one of the top yells in the game. And the fact that he didn't really yell this entire segment and just stayed like so calm made Kingston so much better. I lo- I thought it was great. I think it's crazy that in a two hour dynamite episode, the two top things were both promos. Like that's pretty wild. Yeah. Monster yeah. I promos, mean, monster promos. Yeah. They, they were excellent in the whole thing. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I thought Kingston was incredible. Kingston's one of the only guys who can stutter and it works. You know, most people like stutter on the mic. Like when he stutters, you're like, oh, it's because he believes what he's saying so much. Yeah. And you know, he does hate Judas. Like he shits on Judas and you know, he would never fucking listen to it. And he thinks it's corny or something. And then acknowledging the security, like, what what are we doing here? You know, and then not using them was interesting. Yeah. Dude, he has he has jilted New York comic who hasn't got a Montreal audition four years in a row energy. Oh you know? yeah, we we all know an Eddie Kingston. Like mm-hmm. you know, we we've been Eddie Kingston. Oh, I've become, I've become, I've become, I've become, man. Definitely become Eddie Kingston in my mind. Do you often, want? Yeah. Do you want a cookie? <laughs> uh, all right. If if he pins Jericho and then just takes a fucking cookie out of his pocket and <laughs> just sticks in his mouth, but I was gonna well, say, dude. Danny, I think a part of it is that. We're spoiled on good wrestling. There are so many great wrestlers. I mean, Dynamite, I don't think there's been a Dynamite where there isn't at least a three-star match, if not a four, four and a half. There aren't that many great people on the mic. (laughs) So it's. I think it's always going to stick out more because, yeah, we know what a great wrestling match looks like, you know, but you're always surprised when you see a great memorable promo. Same with bad ones, like, I will be talking about fucking Brandy and Dan Lambert on our end of year show, probably. <laughs> but bad matches you forget about most of the time. Well, Danny, thank you so much for coming on the show, buddy. Um, what? Uh, uh, okay. Robert, I'm, Robert, I'm still here. I got an hour too. I talked about the second hour. Sorry. Uh, that's all right. Um, 
anyway, I think part of uh, what, what Mike said or the, and, and what Danny pointed out about the promos, Tony Khan plays to where he is. And they had the balls to go into Bridgeport, Connecticut. Bridgeport, Connecticut is not a hotbed. That is not a you're 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 selling that thing to the rafters. That's you're you're throwing some sweet chin music over to Vince and you put together a show where you had a lot of sports entertainment. You had a battle royal opening, which was a hot opening. You had two killer promo segments and you main evented with a WWE guy in Brian Danielson. Like they knew what they were doing and they wanted to go into enemy territory and they wanted to deliver a WWE style show in the strongest way they possibly could. Me personally, I would have probably held off the Kingston Jericho promo just because you had that amazing MJF segment earlier in the show and you're going to wind up kind of comparing the two a little bit. And I thought that the Kingston Jericho promo was excellent. And for all the times where I hate when they bring up WWE and they mention Levesque and sports entertainment, it kind of worked there because you felt the animosity from Eddie Kingston. It felt more natural and it made you care about this promo, this, 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 this whole feud through one promo, which was great. You didn't know where it was going. And now you're like, now I'm plugged in the, the rest of our two was uh, could, could, could go fucking kick rocks. Uh, a Hardy Andrade segment where I said this last week, I'm like, we're going to get a fucking tag match with Matt Hardy and Andrade. And you're, and that's exactly what we're going to get on that pay-per-view. And it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a Matt Hardy match. Uh, 10. I, I, I get it. I, I understand that he was negative one's favorite wrestler and, and it's a, it's a heartwarming story. Stop putting the guy on TV. I'm fucking begging you. Um, Jake Cargill, same, same comment. She is not good. And no, she's, she's Robert. A she's, she's tall. And she's, she's a bad she's in the ring. She's a great character. No, she's a great character. She's just not good in a very long two segment match with a commercial break. She's great. When she said the who's next line and the crowd chanting Goldberg, she should be fucking Goldberg. Not she shouldn't be fucking Goldberg. I, I, I 100% agree with that. 100%. She, should, she should kill people quickly and be done with it. And if you're going to have her wrestle longer matches, put it on Rampage where you can edit it. The problem is Rampage is on TNT and she's the TBS champion, but. You know, let's not that get in the way of anything. Danny's 100% right. Keith Lee needs a manager. Uh, he's he's a big imposing monster who, when he talks, you kind of fall asleep. And it's unfortunate. And he needs somebody to to help get the crowd excited. The Daniel Garcia match, I had a thought I never had in my entire life. I like the Lee Moriarty match better. So go figure on that. But it's uh, it's a good story they're telling. Moxley at the end was was stone cold. And the audience was there for it. And those guys told their story without needing an overly long promo. And it, it kind of worked. But most of our two dragged. And that's kind of been the thing for AEW a lot recently is they've had a really solid hour one. And then hour two turns into just kind of there. And we're contractually obligated to do it. Well. They know my sleep schedule, man. They're trying to tuck me in a little, you know. Let's ease up. <laughs> Main event is always solid. And again, I, think, I, th- I think that Moxley Bryan thing we didn't even talk about enough. And, and I thought it was really, really good. It just it's the be- really I think it's the best story in wrestling. I, I think it's even though the MJF promo was transcendent, I think that this Moxley Danielson storyline, like Danny was talking about things that like you, surprise you. And I don't know where this feud is going. I have no idea. But Dude, I'm they like- could open revolution and just like murder, just murder. Yeah, they I could murder know, Miz and Logan Paul is pretty hot right now. <laughs> well, Logan Paul's a good heel. I will say that for he him. Is, um, he is. Uh, all right, Danny, thank you so much for uh, joining the show. Is there anything you'd like to promote, sir? 
Oh, sure. Uh, you can follow, uh, just um, follow me on social media at Danny Jollis. I have a special on YouTube called Six Parts that uh, you can watch right now for free. And uh, uh, last but not least, stand-up, com- uh, stand-up comedy is like hockey. Uh, it is fun to watch on TV, but it is just a different experience live. Please just go watch live stand-up comedy. Don't worry about who it is. Just find a real comic and go see live stand-up comedy. Thank you. And it's not particularly popular. That's all. Awesome. So, yeah. Uh, no, so, but Danny, so, yeah. uh, Danny's a very, very funny guy, incredibly talented guy. So please go check it, check him out, guys. Danny, th- thank you so much for doing the show, buddy. My you, absolute man. pleasure. Truly, anytime. This is absolutely thing to do. All absolutely. right. Goodbye, all right, everybody. all right, folks. This uh, our booking question this week was: How would you induct Undertaker into the Hall of Fame? I usually start out, so I'm going to start out with Robert. How would you do it, Robert? So I messaged you before. I'm like, what are we doing for this segment? And you never responded. So oh. I don't know if this is a serious answer or I'm supposed to say something. Well, funny. I don't know, man. Do it, whatever. I, hey, man, I it's think, whatever no, your heart I think, feels. I think, I think honestly, it, the, the only way to do this, because you're doing it after SmackDown and they're, they're running against our live show. So fuck them for that. Tune in for our thing instead. <laughs> it's going to be better. Is he's the only one that goes in this year. You don't induct anybody else. You do a full-on tribute to The Undertaker. You do by by eras of who he was and have different people talk at different eras. You have the, uh, the early Undertaker era, and you can have Pritchard come out there and talk about that. You get into the American Badass era, and you have probably, you know, you have somebody talk at that point that from, from that window of time. I was going to say Brock, but you can use Brock later. Have it feel special and different because – there's very few legends that are legitimately left from that era that have not been inducted into the Hall of Fame. And this is in Texas. It's in his home. You make it a one-hour Undertaker retrospective. And I think that's the, the, the best way to do it. It's easy to do video packages. You can do some of the funny bits with him, some of the serious stuff, some of the, the highlights throughout the years, have multiple people induct him and give speeches and make it feel genuinely incredible whereas the hall of fame that happened this past year was like everyone got a minute and a half to talk and that was it and i think well, you need they, to they make did the hall of fame like from heaven this year it was so weird though the the art direction it was very very strange i think make it a, a an entire just celebration of the undertaker's life and and make it feel like a special induction well, here's the joke answer. Uh, it's a uh, it's a it's there's a there's a pre-tape and it's a bunch of Black Lives Matter like rally and they're going no justice, no peace, no justice, no peace. And all of a sudden you hear keep rolling, 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 keep rolling, roll. And he motorcycles right through a gigantic Brianna Taylor mural. Then he starts <laughs> with Fred Durst. <laughs> But stops after a minute and just puts Ben Gay on his knees for like for the rest of the speech. Oh my gosh, Daniel! What? Wait, fun. is it the most most spectacular WrestleMania? Yeah, it's Stupendous. the most spectacular. Okay, okay, so it's the most spectacular WrestleMania. Stupendous. So, so ready, you open with Jerry Lawler, right? But because he always hosts the Hall of Fame, right? Yeah. He's dressed yeah. like Dracula, and he goes, "Welcome." To the most spooktacular Hall of Fame. <laughs> Fucking do do. I was working in the lab late one night. When my right there, everyone's dancing to the monster mash and shit. And then boom, Fred Durst comes out, starts singing rolling, right? 
And then and then it starts like cutting, like what Undertaker isn't coming out? And he's going, maybe I have to sing a little louder. And then it's like, but it's not working, right? And then all of a sudden you hear a mic go, I can help you. Kid Rock shows up and he's like, I am an American badass. And then they both like go back and forth between Roland and American badass. And then Taker like rides through and they kind of like hop on the back of it as they rap and sing with each other. Uh <laughs> And yeah, that's really it, you know, and then they induct him. I do think he should be the only one, though. I mean, you know, I, I think you have like cameos, though, because he's the only one. You have, like, you treat it like a real funeral, you know, like Whitney Houston's funeral. You have people come up. You have Gangrel come up and tell stories, you know. Why is Whitney Houston your go-to for funerals? Well, it was a big so funeral. He's dead out of everybody. Yeah, who who else is there? Reagan? Anyway. Um <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this is this is my plan. It's gonna it's gonna work. I mean, he's one of the greatest of all time. So who I, do you I, put with him without making them feel stupid? I, I do think they're gonna have Vince induct him. It's gonna be the first time Vince inducts somebody. No, he inducted uh, this guy named Steve Austin. I don't know if you heard of him. Oh, I didn't. Wait, I Vince inducted he, Austin. It's the only person he's inducted. He he went out there and inducted Steve. I do not remember. That. By the way, his father is in the Hall of Fame. Are you sure it wasn't Ross? Shane Shane inducted. Uh, <laughs> You're right. No, Shane yeah. inducted uh, Vince Senior. Did he really? Yes, it, it was at, like the 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 first one that they when they brought back the Hall of Fame and they inducted like Patterson and Vince Senior and Jimmy Snuka, an illustrious group. Wow. Uh, Mike, who? How would you do it? Okay, so obviously the first thing he says when he goes up to the podium uh, after a long entrance, that was a wonderful speech. Pitbull. <laughs> and then and then he goes, and just so you know, my creatures of the night, for the next 30 minutes, I will be doing cameos. $1,000 going to the local police department. <laughs> and then he does that. He does the cameo and all that. The fucking lights go off. The gong happens. And then he just goes, my home. And that's it. <laughs> and also, I disagree. Uh, I don't think it should just be him. Fucking wrestlers die every year. Let some of them get in before they die. Uh, well, no, they'll be the druids for taking. <laughs> yeah. No, man. Fucking, we don't. We we don't know what's gonna happen to Rick Martell's heart. Let's just fucking put him in now. Let's like you know. We get some Texas fucking... people, right? That's what they always do. What's that? They always get people from the state, right? Often, but the, the, you know they don't always follow that. I mean, have they done Stan Hansen yet? Yeah, I yes. Think so. Yeah. Well, that was the thing. Vader inducted him, and then Vader really wanted to get in, and I think we'd all agree he deserves it, right? Just oh, that point, hundred percent. He's yeah. the greatest, like greatest, one of the greatest big men of all time. Best boy meets world cameo ever, and it's like he fucking didn't get in and he's dead and now it's like once you die the dead guy waiting list is so much fucking longer <laughs> well no that's why they they have that bullshit backdoor thing that they created where they they do other the legacy, legacy things where it's like oh here are all the people we don't want to hear speak or they're they're dead or we owe jim ross a favor before he leaves and it's like that's how they sneak other people in um i i just it's hard to think of who else they have you put Johnson game. in because of the theme song. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. They should have a new they should have a new wing with that. 
of like Dude, behind bullet they line. tried that that then they wind up turning it into a the warrior there's award. no physical hall of fame right no there's not a physical hall no you have undertaker yeah, that was that was one of triple h's dreams was to build one not not so much anymore Dude, you have you have undertaker you have jazz can be in there you have fucking uh jim johnston that's great cindy lopper in your celebrity wing rick martell fucking earthquake earthquake deserves to be in that hall oh hold on finally mentioned lopper because lance storm went on a rant this week on twitter where he said cindy lopper does not deserve to be in the celebrity ring in the hall of fame she belongs in the regular wing because she was a manager and because she did more for the business than most wrestlers yeah and i thought that makes sense is is Andy Kaufman in the hall? He is. No, I know he's not. He's I mean, not, that's yeah. fucking bullshit. Andy uh, Kaufman's Lawson not. Kaufman. Muhammad Ali's not. Kevin uh, Federline should be in. Yeah, Kevin Federline absolutely should be in. Dude, uh, fucking the crew of Jackass. Logan oh my Paul. gosh, the entire cast of Jackass. Speaking of guys imagine, before they die. Dude, can you guys imagine like when we're in our sixties and Logan Paul gets in? Oh wow! Don't say yeah. that. Come on. Can you imagine being in your sixties uh, in two years? <laughs> Um, all right. Well, for this week in wrestling, which is Robert's segment, what are we talking about this week, Robert? So this week, uh, for, for going back in, in wrestling history, was uh, the debut of Ring of Honor 20 years ago, uh, February 23rd, when they had their first ever show. And given where Ring of Honor is is right now in, in this hiatus, limbo, will they ever come back kind of thing, it's kind of an interesting note to think that this that this thing debuted 20 years ago and on their first show ever looking at the the card i mean there, you had some matches where it was like this was what made ring of honor ring of honor amazing red jay briscoe uh you had spanky on the card you had super crazy eddie guerrero and then your main event was low-key christopher daniels and brian danielson and it's just kind of interesting to take a pause for a minute and look back and and realize that ring of honor really changed the game and it's it's they 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 just announced their their hall of fame and they were inducting cm punk and brian danielson and uh, uh joe and, and smoa joe yeah joe and, like it's they they were the breeding ground for talent for such a long time and to see them in the in the, the position that they are in right now so it's, it's a little it's a little unfortunate they they got bogged down with stagnant creative and and my sincere hope since tony khan has not announced his big surprise that's going to change the world this week my, my my true hope is he's working on i'm hoping he's working on some kind of a streaming deal with hbo max and can acquire by ring of honor by impact bundle these things together put them all in the streaming thing for hbo max by ring we, of honor what my ring of honor. I don't know if I would go with impact, but I would buy, buy impact. Well, Jonathan impact Gresham was backstage last night. Jonathan Gresham Dynamite. was backstage, but yeah, but Dan, most of the impact guys jump back and forth anyway. And they do have a library that goes back a crazy long amount of time. And for all the streaming platforms that need content, I think that would be a fantastic move for Tony Khan and an opportunity to shuffle around so much, so much of the talent that he has, that they don't exist anywhere. It's like, Jay Lethal's in AEW. I don't know if you remember that. Uh, and we haven't seen him in a long time. Just use the different use the different companies, let them operate and go forward. I just thought it was interesting to look back at the the importance of the legacy of, of Ring of Honor, which was murky to be like, they should have gone out of business after the Rob Feinstein stuff. Like that should have killed any other company. But the wrestlers truly believed in it. And guys like Danielson and Punk 
love it and they love their time there and it was innovative storytelling at, at a time when the industry was kind of stagnant and and forced everybody to elevate their game you know what i think they did back then that a new company today speaking of they debuted and now a new company's de- debuting they controlled their narrative and that's what the wrestling <laughs> business needs. hey i got a question just for the group uh what do you think was more influential um on on the future of wrestling or ecw or ring of honor okay i'm gonna say it has to be ecw oh not not talent wise I would go Ring of Honor there because I feel like even if Austin wasn't in ECW and fully well, it's, wasn't, we, he's it's, a weird him and Eddie and Dean or Michael are weird pulls because you know what I mean like WCW but like, they really do those, act like Austin got to be free and be that you know yeah. because of ECW he did for the two weeks he was there <laughs> yeah. I think they would what I'm saying is I think they would have found themselves anyway but I the only reason I say ECW is because they fucking pilfered everything from it for the attitude era and i think that's uh that's why but ring of honor as as in terms of being a pipeline for the last 20 years of talent and i mean it's like people need places to get good i mean look how great qt marshall was after he was there uh (laughs) damn right but, but i mean you know it it really i know like ecw was the beginning of the internet but i feel like Ring of Honor in the in the mid two thousands and stuff. Oh man, YouTube. Yeah, when YouTube was starting and everything, and you would hear, you know, Kobashi versus Joe, and I mean, yeah, when you saw CM Punk, and you're like, oh, this guy, you know, every every time someone would mention the pipe bomb, someone had to be like, you know, he did this in two thousand five with Jamie Noble, uh, <laughs> but he did, and you know, and that's impressive because people need a place to just fucking find themselves and get better and uh yeah man uh they don't no one needs to buy impact Uh, even even though it did give us our first american glimpse of the future legend jay white (laughs) i think he's he's excellent he should if you want if you don't want him to be a star don't put him on impact well i think he's excellent uh on to our twitter verse our twitter question of the week i'm doing it this week because we didn't think mike was uh gonna be uh here so uh, after John Cena's, which is, this is an I Oh, kind just of to clarify, it wasn't like we thought Mike was leaving the show forever. Like, you oh, made no. this like a dramatic. He's, he's working on something. I've, I've had less work than, than I thought I would today. And I know this is a comic book question. <laughs> I, I will, my sister's in town next week. I will not be on next week's episode, but, but I'm here now. Dan. Here's, here's the question, which is ironic because um, if you haven't read John Cena's Twitter today, uh god can somebody read it for me pull it up john cena wrote uh i mean this was just the 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 craziest he said if i could somehow summon the powers of a real life peacemaker i think this would be a great time to do so okay hashtag peacemaker by the way yes that's very important hashtag peacemaker with the helmet it's Next so important. Peacemaker. Yeah. Hold on. I just wanted to defend John Cena of, of, from the greatest company of all time. Um, it's very possible he wasn't talking about Ukraine. You're just reading into this and thinking he's talking about Ukraine and Russia. This could have been totally unrelated. It was but Pete Davidson and Kanye West. Exactly. <laughs> he right. wants to, Yes. Here's the thing. For a guy that supposedly you can't see, I think we're seeing too much of him now. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, you know, Cena always does this where he has an amazing accomplishment, and you're like, wow, this guy does great. This is great. Wow, Peacemaker, which we're going to talk about on this week's Patreon, was incredible. And then he just fucking somehow finds a way to stick his foot sticks his foot in his mouth. It's yeah, man, I think it's because his idol is Mark Wahlberg. So he's just like, you know, he's like, if I was on the flight, like he just thinks that's what you're supposed to say. It's, it's, it's such a Massachusetts thing. Like, yeah, you know, if those terrorists ran into someone from Southie, they think twice. Yeah, we'd wrap it up in a couple hours. <laughs> Yo, My Duncan would still be hot by the time we ended that war. Yo, Donnie, he's got a cardboard knife. Take him out. (laughs) Well, here's our Twitter question of the week. After John Cena's great turn as Peacemaker, give us a superhero villain and the wrestler that should play them. We'll read uh, the favorite. Oh, I'm reading that. Um, All right, so I got a couple here. This is from at Dean Sports. Jeff Hardy is Psycho Pirate. There really isn't a resemblance, but let's be honest. Psycho Pirate definitely sounds like a character Jeff Hardy would come up with. Uh, at Smart NATO, I would pick Ryback to play Thanos due to his ability to lose half his Twitter followers at the snap of a finger. At Dave Caffrell, Coco Beware's bird is spawn. Is, that's such a deep cut, but hilarious. Philadelphia comedian John Deary at O'Deary, assuming Mike hasn't already said it, Batmite played by Adam Cole. That's uh, Steve Laurie. The Red Skull as played by Jackson Riker. And finally, at Anti Kirk, Brutus Beefcake as Clayface. <laughs> I that one. Ah, so fucked up, but so great. Uh, let's get to high spot, low spot. I actually got a couple high spots this week. Uh, hopefully, you know, Cesaro, I'm going to be optimistic about this. I hope Cesaro goes to Japan. I think that that'll be great if, if New Japan was able to get him. Um, happy Drake Maverick has a job at WWE again. Really enjoying the stuff that Chad Gable and Otis uh, are doing on Raw. It's, it seems like the beginning of two new stars. Um, and that uh, heel Jericho is back. Obviously, this is all weird to talk about with an international crisis, but uh, my low spite spot. Uh, would be how excited the raw commentary is about literally everything. Like we talk about it on the show. They're just, you know, the one, the one thing that the AEW commentary team does have, and I don't include Pat McAfee in this because Pat gets bored at times. You need levels of interest between matches for me to care. Uh, the other thing that I just feel weird at look, I don't know. I, I feel weird that they're doing double or nothing at Mandalay Bay. I just, I don't know why, man. I just, I can't stop thinking of the shooting there, but uh, it's, I don't know. Maybe that's, you know, you eventually you have to move on and shit, but it, it is, uh, I don't know, man. It's, it's just a, it's just a real dark place with a lot of bad vibes. Uh, Robert, your eyes just rolled completely around your head. Uh <laughs> Yeah, I, they, I, I, I think I'm going to agree with you, but go ahead. Yeah, meanwhile, Dan fingered a girl at the 9-11 memorial. <laughs> it was just funny because she never forgets. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. it, it there's there's every, every building. I mean, how, how quickly did uh, WWE run uh, Kansas City after Owen died? Like that same year. Really? Like, yeah, you gotta like 
I don't know. I, I, I don't, they don't even associate Mandalay Bay with that. And I think that's kind of a condemnation of how many shootings there are in the, in the country that are like, this is the game changing cataclysmic, like the whole world is never going to forget. And then they forget because it's another thing happens. That's equally as horrible. Yeah. Dan, um, do you want people not to send their kids to school in Florida? <laughs> well, I mean, I, I wouldn't have like, like uh, AEW all out at Parkland High School, you know. I mean, well, yeah, because it's a high school, but this is a fucking casino resort where they've performed in that city before. I look, I don't like the fact that that casino then sued sued the people that like got shot as a like they sued them as a as a legal maneuver because those people were about to sue them. Uh, you know, I, 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 you know, the whole thing just has a lot of darkness not to mention steven paddock maybe the most evil of all those shooters i mean if you really look into his history um i mean it is i mean he is straight from the devil's backbone man i mean that guy is just fucking pitch black darkness 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 this was your high spot <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> No, I'm t- all right. Yeah, I don't know. Last I, I podcast on the left. <laughs> all right, let's go to something uh brighter. Uh <laughs> Saudi Arabia had a show this week. <laughs> uh Mike, what's your high spot list about this week? Okay, high spot is that promo. I mean, it's the best. Uh and I'm excited about this paper. I was already excited, but between that and the Kingston Jericho, I'm really, really excited now. Um and then, uh, yeah, low spot is the the fucking booking of the Elimination Chamber. Like, first off, it's a 15-minute chamber match. Like, both of them were. And I, you know, it's it's nice that the women now get to wear the garbage bags their stuff is going to be in when they leave. <laughs> uh, but, um, but the Elimination Chamber, it's just, it's like a parody. Brock pins everybody. And that's it. Like, there's no offense. Like, no one has a way out of the F5. One F5 and you're done. And that was that was the match, pretty much. And then, uh, you know, unfortunately, you know, uh, another downside is Bobby Lashley legitimately is hurt and probably won't wrestle at Mania, I'm guessing, right? It's like four or five months he's out. I do not know. And that sucks because that guy's worked really hard and fucking. Oh, he did, if anybody deserves a match at Mania, it might, it might be Bobby Lashley. Yeah. Yeah. All the bad booking that he's like <laughs> survived and, yeah. you know, is still a great fucking presence on the show. So that, that sucks. But yeah, I mean, we knew we were getting Brock and Roman and now it's title for title. I think you could have done it without burying four other guys. So that's, that's my thought. Uh, I, I actually want to say I, I agree with you guys about the Mandalay Bay thing. You guys changed my mind. Uh, Robert, high spot, low spot. Uh, I'm, I'm going to – I'm fighting very hard not to just do a rebuttal on Mike's thing, but the chamber finish was not – it was not bad. It made it sense wasn't in the bad. context it of the match. And I it watched it. It was like pretty It was pretty lame. Yeah, it was It was fine. F5 pin, F5 pin, F5 Dude, the pin. FB, yeah. the F5, okay, so them climbing the cage, him and uh, Austin Theory, that looks yeah. really cool because Brock is so damn quick, you know? The way he climbed up that cage yeah. was unbelievable. But that F5 looked so bad, which, again, I'm fine with. I'm fine with it. But don't replay it 100 times like he didn't land on his feet and then fall to the ground. 
They should have had a table there that would have saved the whole thing. I will I will say when Brock was chasing him, it felt like the beast going after Benny the Jet Rodriguez. Dude, also, Mike, did you hear that Alexa Bliss was so you know the on the raw storyline is like Alexa Bliss isn't uh creepy anymore. Yeah, right. So then Elimination Chamber, she's just creepy. Her pod has a swing, she's just creepy, even though we she's been not creepy. She was creepy. No, no, she she is she is creepy, Scott. Because as I explained before, they took the stuffing from the Lily doll and put no, it into a WWE shop. Really, no, and the doll the, wasn't the, even there. The doll wasn't even in the match. It was. It was but she it was, needs the doll, and the doll wasn't not, even by the her. The problem was the doll had you exposed arms ass? and legs, and you can't show it's that trash. in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> um, Look, no one starts off creepy. They get fingered at the 9-11 memorial, and then things go downhill. <laughs> that on my second out. Robert, Joe, do you have a second, low spot, high spot? Out, you say, oh, yeah. Uh, my, my high spot was, I, a couple, I think the, the MJF promo was obviously going to be the, uh, the, the high spot. My second high spot was on Raw. Brock Lesnar comes out dressed. And someone put there, it was like, he looked like the furniture from The Shining. Um, and he's happy baby face Brock and he goes up to this little kid who's fucking terrified beyond belief. He grabs the kid's hand to make him high five him and then touch the title. And you've never seen fear like you've seen in this small child's face because he's convinced Lesnar is going to murder him. Um, my, my low spot for the week was Cesaro not re-signing with the WWE. I think he's going to be just fine. I think the low spot for it is Cesaro is such a utility player. He's incredibly versatile. He's incredibly talented and that they couldn't figure out how to use him for all of these years and let him slip through their fingers. And now he's gone is such a condemnation of how fucked the majority of this company is. It's absolutely mind blowing that they're going to back a Brinks truck up to bring in Cody Rhodes and they're going to let Cesaro go when they probably could have paid him you know, not terribly much more than they probably were paying him now. I get they re-signed AJ, which is great, and gave AJ a payday. Yeah, I heard. Can sign like Cesaro three mil, four mil a year. Yeah, three mil a year. He's made a lot. He made a lot. So me. that's the thing. It's like these guys are getting off of huge contracts, and Cesaro, who has been there forever and who is great, right? I mean, you know, he's never been in like the main event legitimately, but he is unbelievable. And there's no way they were willing to pay him anything like that, and. It, is it fucked up? Is it not? I, I'm not exactly sure, but I'm glad he's gone. I think that's a high spot for me because hopefully he does get to wrestle, you know, everywhere. What's your low spot, Scott? Um, oh, well, that's not even really my high spot. I mean, my high spot too, man. New Japan had a New Year's Golden Series this weekend and Naito and Okada fought for the title and it was, man, it's so good. You got to watch it, Dan. If you, I'll if, check it if out. You I got to check it out. Really, really good. I still haven't checked out the Osprey match. From like the one in England. Oh yeah, that was fantastic. Um, man, I thought wrestling was just really fun this week. I guess a low spot, even though it's it's definitely a high spot, but I just don't have a low spot. Oh, I mean, no, this isn't even a low spot. We could talk about it. Well, anyway, okay. What what I want to get to is, did you see this Jeff Hardy YouTube interview? No. Yes. It'll be my low spot, but man, is it a high spot, dude? He's just on this interview, and <laughs> he says he's going to AEW in it, <laughs> like, like that's where every. So Jeff Hardy was trending last night, and I didn't see AEW live, and so I assumed Jeff Hardy debuted in AEW. But what happened is a little after AEW aired, some like YouTube channel 
uh, posted an interview with him, and he just told the guy, "Yeah, I'm going to AEW." <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, that's my favorite way that they've debuted someone so far. Dude, then he's like, like he. So they're talking about WWE, and he's like, "You want me to go away?" This is this is a quote. You want me to go away for 28 days? Talking about rehab just to save my job? No. <laughs> you know what's important to me? Family. My two daughters, my wife, they believe in me. And fuck WWE. And then this was like two minutes after he said he'll definitely he hopes he does go back to WWE one day. <laughs> Just all over the place. Yeah, he's uh, you know, he's an artist. He's uh, an Scott, artist, man. God, what do you got to promote this week? Scott underscore Chaplin. Oh, I mean, yeah, I don't really have anything to promote. You know, my Twitter, um, Wrestle Roast Twitter, Wrestle Roast Patreon, Wrestle Roast Facebook. That's really it. I thought I thought you were about to do the Bubba Gum Shrimp uh, speech. I'm going to be uh, starting stand up again <laughs> this weekend, folks. Not this weekend, but next weekend I'll be at Union Hall and the Stand. Um, and uh, I, uh, you know, check out our Twitter. Stay posted for more of uh, the Anaspora live shows, please. We need to get to five stars on iTunes. We're still at four point seven. Uh, I want to get to five. Just five stars, five stars. Leave a review, five stars, five stars. Um, did I say that enough? I just sounded like Melter. Um, but uh, yeah, folks, um, uh, you know, fun episode, Mike. Um, uh, yeah, uh, Mike Lawrence comedy on Instagram. And can we all just hope that in a three amigo style, John Cena puts on the peacemaker outfit and goes to Ukraine and tries to stop it himself. Sean Penn already beat him to it. Yeah, Spicoli <laughs> beat him there. Yes, yeah, Sean Penn is there right now, which is crazy. Wow. <laughs> oh, hey, just, I mean, while we're recording, night one main event for WrestleMania, Charlotte versus Ronda. Yep. Main event, yeah. Oh, wow. I don't know. I think they may change that if- but who knows? who knows they're not going to uh, change that they're not going to main event with austin the, the austin segment is going to be about two minutes it'll be a no man thing. i think austin i saw a picture of austin looking tight and i think you give him a tan and we could have a bit of fun i think it is possible i just wish it was under you know cooler circumstances other than like don't shit talk texas and i hope he does you know you know Anyway, Whatever. you can follow me on Twitter at WWCreative underscore ISH. Uh, something of sports we did a for the $5 tier. Dan and I were joined by Jacqueline Moore talking about Elimination Chamber. Uh, and uh, we, we covered Raw this week. I'll be covering Raw next week. And, uh, yeah, the Facebook group's always a uh, always a good time. I saw a lot of new people have joined on there recently. And it's, uh, it's great, guys. The Forbidden Dorks are, uh, are, are spreading. You sound like it's a disease. It is. That's why I was. It sounds like a disease. Zach, wash your hands. All right, folks, wash your hands and control your narrative. See you next week.